once I know the vital idea of the book, once I know the core of the, the story or the, the main takeaway that I want the kid to have, then I can build the rest of the book around that. And it becomes kind of the guiding light for, for how I proceed with the rest of the project. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Making Ways, the podcast all about finding your unexpected path to a creative career. I'm your host, Rob Goodman. I'm a marketer and an artist. And on today's show, we are joined by our very first children's book author and illustrator. That's my friend, Jason Chin. Jason is a Caldecott Medal Honor winner. He's a Cybert Medal Honor winner. And he's a dear friend of mine. We have been friends since college. And I've had the pleasure of watching his career grow and flourish. His latest book, Grand Canyon, has been on top lists from librarians, retailers, publishers, and so many other fans of his work. I'm so excited to have Jason on the show. We talk all about his journey as a children's book illustrator and writer. We talk about some of the challenges that he faced, some of his early career stumbles. We talk about the mentorship that he got that was so critical to not only instilling him with the confidence to move forward, but also helping him get the practical skills he needed as an artist and connect him in the industry. So it's a really wonderful conversation. If you are an illustrator, I think you're really going to like it. If you aren't an artist, I really think you're still going to enjoy the conversation with Jason. It's just a really interesting trajectory. And so much of his books touch on science and research. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot from our conversation. Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Soothe. It's this amazing massage on demand service. Self-care is so important to what we do as creative people and having the opportunity to have massage come to your house, your office, or wherever you are is really incredible. So if you use the offer code MAKINGWAYS at checkout, you can get $20 off your first massage. So check out Soothe, download the app. I have done it. I've loved it. It's really easy and really enjoyable. And thanks so much to Soothe for sponsoring the show. Okay, let's get started with my conversation with Jason Chin. Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Rob. You have been my friend for many years. For a long time. Too long. (laughs) This ends here. This ends here. (laughs) One great last conversation (laughs) captured for the world. So we are in your studio space in Burlington, Vermont, surrounded by kids' books and your paints and drawings, and you are the first children's book author and artist on the show. Congratulations on that. All right. And congratulations on winning the Caldecott Honor this year in children's book artwork, which is incredible. And that was for your book, Grand Canyon? That's right, for Grand Canyon. So let's talk a little bit about your your work. I want to hear a little bit about the approach you have to children's books because you've created this amazing format and formula for your books that really helps make science and learning more accessible for children because so many of your books are they're nonfiction. They're based on things out in the real world, like the Grand Canyon and the coral reefs and the redwoods. So how did you come to this idea of creating story around science? 
when I graduated from college with an illustration degree, as you know, yes, because we went to school together. Yep, we did at Syracuse. Uh, we moved to New York, uh, New York City, and um, when I was there, I worked at a children's bookstore, and I started to try and get work as a children's illustrator. I worked for some magazines, and I began getting work doing nonfiction, uh, st- illustrating nonfiction stories. Um, but I never thought of myself as a nonfiction writer. Uh, I tried to write, um, storybooks uh, and tried to make, um, picture books that were fiction and they didn't go so well. But then one day I was reading about redwood trees on the subway and it, this article that I was reading, um, captured my imagination and I couldn't stop thinking about the trees. I kept you know, pondering them and it really, it stuck with me, you know, what I had read. So that was the origin of my book Redwoods. And in the book, there's a boy who ri- rides on the subway. And while he's riding on the subway, he reads about redwood trees and starts imagining what he's reading about. And when he exits the subway station, he enters the redwood forest. So that was the, the, the concept for that book was drawn from my own experience. Um, and and that became the first book that I wrote and illustrated, um, and and it was popular, or you know people people liked it. It was kind of a hit, and um, so from there I I started trying to do that same sort of thing. Um, I recognized kind of after the fact, I guess the the value of of that kind of imaginative story. Um, when combined with with nonfiction, and then your subsequent books, what came next? Was it coral reefs? After that was coral reefs, and following that was island about the Galapagos Islands, and then most recently Grand Canyon. Right, yeah, and in, I did a book called Gravity, and illustrated a book called Water's Water by Miranda Paul, uh, who uh, is the author of the next book that will come out um, that I illustrated. So. Next spring, Miranda and I uh, worked on a book called Nine Months. Awesome. Which will come out next spring. Yeah. Okay. And so, for all these illustrated nonfiction storybooks, how much of the research are you doing at your desk and in books, and how much of it are you doing out in the field? Um, my research process starts at my desk, uh, reading books, and um, once I have a firm grasp on the content... I um, I seek out uh, expert advice, so I, I'll write to uh, scientists that work on uh, this topic, whatever it is, um, and and I'll book a a trip to wherever place I'm writing about. Uh, if I'm not writing about a place, then you know that's another story. But uh, I've written about places four times now, and I'll and I'm sure I'll continue doing it, uh, and. I hope to spend as much, well, I want to spend as much time as possible at the place that I'm writing about, but um, usually it's, you know, four days to a week, you know, mm-hmm. half a week to a week, because um, that's how much time I have available. Uh, usually that's what's in my budget. Yeah. And you started getting into children's books when you were a single guy. You didn't have any kids. You weren't married. Now you have two kids, four and, and seven? 
That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so how has having kids yourself changed your approach to telling stories? And was there anything that happened, like any revelations that happened as you were raising kids that made you reconsider the way you were telling stories and creating these books? Yeah, I don't know if there were major revelations, but I see my books from their point of view now. Um, when I was writing books before, I think this might be true of, of um, I think this is true of many children's authors and illustrators, um, that we write books for ourselves when we were a kid, because that's the kid we knew best. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was writing books for, um, you know, for me at, you know, seven years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I have another ki- uh, two kids that I know really well. And so, you know, I write for them too. And, and I, I have them in mind when I'm making the books. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, you know, that's a big deal. It, it's changed my perspective. I, I don't know if I can point to a, uh, a specific story or anecdote about that, but, um, but it helps that you have more help. perspectives well, that, uh, yeah, yeah, that you know. It, it, yeah, it, it, um, I write from a more informed perspective. Yeah. And I've known your artwork and your drawing style since you were a teenager, since we were in college together. And, you know, you've certainly grown and, and flourished as an artist, but you've always had this really distinct style. And I'd love to hear about your earliest days drawing. And I know that you also, you know, had a really important mentor in your life for children's book artwork. And I want to hear a little bit about what that was like as a young, young Jason Chin, who was doing a lot of drawing, but really learning from a very early age about children's books. Uh, when I was eight, seven, I turned eight, um, the year that my family moved to New Hampshire um, we moved to a town called Lyme, New Hampshire, and it was the same town that Trina Shart Hyman, uh, a children's book, uh, illustrator lived. And she was a, a really well-known children's book illustrator. She won multiple, uh, Caldecott honors and the Caldecott medal. So, um, I didn't know that at the time, you know, I was eight years old, but she came to our school every year to tell us about her her books and she would read from her uh, upcoming book. Um, she would tell us about illustrating it, draw story, uh, draw pictures um, for us and tell stories. And it was really fun and exciting. And, um, you know, I love to draw. And so I think seeing her uh, present at our school was, was maybe one of the first times that I saw, I could see myself being an artist, um, you know, it introduced that possibility to me. Yeah, because there was somebody who was from the same town who was making it happen and kind of sharing their their process and their work. It made it a realistic thing that you could point to and say, that's something right. I could do. Right, yeah. So, and, and it was, and it was, um, you know, everybody loved it when, when Trina um, came to school. She was admired and... Um, you know, anyways, I, I, um, 
You like it, that I, idea? I, I like the I, I it it planted the seed. We'll put it that way. It, it made me aware that that was a possibility, and um, later on, as I got older, I um, you know continued to love to draw, and I was always drawing pictures. And um, in high school, I called her up and asked her if, uh, if she would help me and look at my artwork. Did and you just call her up out of the blue, like I, a cold call? I just called her up out of the blue. Like, <laughs> did you her. did you tell your parents, like, hey, I want to no, do I this? No, didn't, and- I didn't tell anyone. I, <laughs> I hid in, like, I went to a room. I didn't hide, but I went to a room where no one else, I wouldn't be overheard. Um, and, uh, and called her. And uh, she... Lucky, luckily, and very, she was very kind, <laughs> and she agreed to help me. Did she need to see your artwork? Did she need to like evaluate you? And then, and then, what no, happened? What so was that relationship she, like? She, um, so here's the thing: it was a really small town, and I knew, um, you know, I knew people that knew her. So, you know, like my, she would put, she would illustrate uh, people from town in her books. And so, like, my friend's grandfather was one of the characters in her books because they were neighbors. Um, So, you know, it wasn't like I was so far removed from knowing her, but I didn't actually know her. Mm -hmm. Um, And she, uh, you know, invited me over and I brought her, you know, brought my artwork with me. And, you know, we had a, we talked about it. and, And then she said, well you know, go make some more artwork and then call me up when you have more and come back. So I did. And, um, it was just one of the luckiest things that, uh, that, that ever happened in, in my life. She became a mentor to me and she, she didn't give me, um, lessons. Like it wasn't like academic like that. Uh, but we would just talk about artwork and what we liked and she would give me advice on my artwork and suggest, you know, you know, maybe you should draw more hands. She, uh, she definitely told me to draw more hands. (laughs) Um, and, and so on. Um, and I got to see what the life of an artist might be like if I, you know, wanted to, uh, maybe pursue that. Um, I got to see what, you know, how she approached her artwork, um, you know, what, what her thinking was like, I guess, insight into the, how she thought about her artwork. Yeah. And that, that was a major influence on me. What kind of thinking are you, are, is going through um, your mind right now in terms of her approach and, and that you still have in you? Yeah. Um, she was... She was very passionate about um, working hard. Like there was no question that art was work, and um, if you want to make great art, you have to put in the effort. And she was passionate about the artwork. Um, you know, she she demanded a lot of herself. I think, um, she had high, you know, high standards for herself. Um, 
And, and she also, you know, she would get emotionally involved in the artwork, like really emotionally involved. Like when she would show me a piece of artwork, she would show me this and, and say, I want you to see this, this character I'm, I, I drew. Isn't he like the most nasty pirate you ever saw? Look at how like, and, and she would describe him like, like he was a real person. Mm-hmm. Like he had, uh, you know, you know, motivations and, um, and, uh, a whole real life. anger or a whole yeah. life in that character yeah. is, and I, this one pops to mind because I remember that, you know, her showing this particular one to me, but it, it was a character that I think appeared once in the book. It was like a collection of stories. So this, I think it was a pirate or a bandit or something, mm-hmm. um, you know, was just one character. There's like one picture of this one character in the book and it, um, but you know, she knew who it was. It was like, um, what do they call it? Method acting. Yeah. Right. Where, where the actor, you know, figures out all the backstory of the character, even though that's not in the film. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she did that for, for every character in her books, every tree, every house, like, and it, I, I think it, it shows in, in her artwork. Yeah. People often talk about how, well, char- I, I keep coming back to the word character, but how much character her illustrations have. Yeah. Um, whether, even if it's just a, uh, you know, a, a weed in the corner of the picture has, um, some emotional resonance to it. Has that always been like a guiding tenant of your work, something that you're striving for to bring that kind of character into your work as well? Or is there kind of another dimension that you're trying to explore in the pictures? I think, yeah. So, I don't know if always been, but after we went to art school um, and I started trying to, I was beginning to try and get work as an illustrator um, and, and trying to find my own voice as an illustrator. Um, I spent a lot of time reflecting on Trina's work and um what what from my experience with her what from her artwork um i could take with me in into my work that was not um specific to her it, you know i didn't want to copy what her artwork looked like but there are real valuable lessons um, you know, to be learned from her, right? As I've described. So I wouldn't say that what I talked about, you know, when I was talking about character, I wouldn't say that that's something that was um, a guiding light for me always. It's a lesson I could take from her that I could, you know, um, you know, keep with me, but do it in my own way. Yeah. You know, and so, so you, you talked about this time after college when you were trying to make it and 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 you briefly mentioned that you were trying to do, I guess, your own fictional stories. 
um, in those years leading up to mm-hmm. you working at yeah, the they didn't Children's Bookstore. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how many years were you <laughs> doing that and what, what does that mean? They didn't come out well. Like the stories, the artwork, the, the publishers weren't receptive. I want to hear uh, a little bit about like the head hitting against the wall uh, years okay. <laughs> before all of yeah. the, uh, the, you know, before you so, found your flow. Right. When I graduated from college and moved to New York, um, I got work almost right away. Small jobs, nothing that was going to support me. Um, but uh, I did an illustration for Cricket Magazine, and uh, they, that magazine group has a number of other magazines that I did some work for steadily, like maybe two or three illustrations a year, um, you know, some black and white illustrations. But it, it kind of kept me going. And that was because of Trina, because she um, passed my name on to the, the art directors there. She also gave me some connections to... Um, introductions to people in New York and I got some other work. Um, so in, in terms of, you know, head hitting against the wall or, you know, struggling to get started, it, it was not, uh, as, as big a struggle for me as, as most people. Um, you know, I, I had little bits of, um, success here and there. And then, then I got a um, offer to illustrate a book, um, so that that was a really big deal, and that happened, you know, a couple of years after um, after college. Um, Did you have a manager or an, or an agent at that time? N- no, uh, at, for a brief period, uh, I had an illustration um, an illustration agent. Um, but they didn't get me any work, so it was very brief. <laughs> it didn't really go very, very, very yeah. far. Didn't and today, really and today, do you have a, a manager agent? Uh, no, I'm unagented. Okay. Although I had uh, a lawyer help me with the last contract. Okay, uh, review it, but okay. but yeah, I represent myself. Um, and uh, so, uh, anyways, uh, that's kind of how I got started. Uh, and what was happening for me um, when I was trying to make uh, picture books was that I didn't have – I, I wrote these stories that were basically stories that would be like a vehicle for me to make pictures. Right. Like not good stories, just stories that I thought would be fun to illustrate. And, you know, that's – who wants to read that? That's not a very good <laughs> recipe for, <laughs> for a book. Um, and, and the thing was, I didn't know what I wanted to write about. Uh, you know, I didn't have, um, you know, um, you didn't a have a Lord, Lord of the Rings style, uh, epic, uh, streaming in your head. No, nah, I mean, I had all sorts of, you know, ideas, but none of them were, I, I didn't have any ideas that were, were ideas that I felt that I just, really wanted to express right um and I, but then i i mentioned redwoods i read about the trees and and actually i was reading about a variety of different science or, or reading a variety of different science books at the time and i kept finding myself reading um these books and then wanted to share what i learned with people 
and and being like, hey, you know, did you know how tall the tallest tree in the world is? And did you know, um, you know, about this and that? Do you know there are other trees growing on top of redwood trees? Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Um, so it make, I guess I didn't think of it this way at the time, but it makes sense to me in retrospect that that's where I found um, that. Uh, that inspiration, thing, that, the inspiration, yeah. or that thing that I wanted to express, yeah, right, and and that has become, you know, now what I do, I write science books for for kids, right, and illustrate about science for kids, and um, and does it start like you're you're just reading, you're you're an interested, curious person, and basically whatever is kind of capturing your your imagination you, in that yeah. moment, you want to pursue as your next book, yes. Exactly. Whatever is capturing my imagination that I just can't wait to share with someone, uh, that's where I go when, when I am looking for a new topic. You know, yeah. that thing that, um, that is just nagging at me, um, you know, just, you know, in the back of my mind, like just stuck there. There are a lot of topics I, I start getting interested in, but, um, you know, over time, you know, one of them usually stands out as something that like, you know, I really want to know more about this and I want to tell kids about it. So, so yeah, so that's, that's where I go for when I'm thinking of a topic. Um, and, and then, you know, the job is to figure out how to, how to make that book. Hi, everyone. I want to tell you about our new sponsor. They're called Soothe, and it's the leading on-demand massage service. Now, you might think making ways, creative careers, massage, how are these things all connected? Well, I'll tell you. Self-care and being kind to yourself and giving yourself time to daydream, time to exercise, time to sleep well and eat right and see friends and family and also get physical care is so important to the creative process and it's so important to being productive and getting great work done so i'm really excited to offer you all 20 dollars off your first booking with soothe if you go to soothe.com you can download the app and it's really amazing they will come to your house so all of this is at your home they can come to your office it's all on demand they can be there as soon as one hour from when you sign up for it. And they've got everything they need to show up at your house or your office or even your hotel to recreate the spa experience in that place. So they bring the linens and the music and the oils and everything. So check out Soothe. Go to Soothe.com. Use offer code MAKINGWAYS for $20 off your first booking. It's sponsors and partners like Soothe that make bringing this podcast to everyone for free possible. So I'm so excited to have Soothe on board. I hope you'll check them out. That's Soothe, S-O-O-T-H-E dot com. Okay, now let's get back to the show. We're surrounded by so much of your artwork. There was a painting from your Galapagos book. You make it sound like I put my artwork, my own artwork all over my studio walls. <laughs> all right, okay, fine. Let's be honest. <laughs> There's a lot of other people's artwork up here. (laughs) But in your house, there's artwork from you and your wife, Deirdre Gill, who's also an artist and author of children's books. 
And I was admiring this painting that you did for your Galapagos book. It's absolutely gorgeous. And Jay, I got to ask you, how do you get good at drawing? How do you get real good? Because at you've drawing? gotten really, really good. And painting. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I'll... it's a really simple answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Draw a lot. Um, how do you get good at drawing? Well, I always go, everybody's different, right? Everybody draws in, in a different way. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, how, how have you gotten, you know, how have and, you gotten better? Yeah, so, you know, I came out of the Trina Shard-Hyman school <laughs> of draw from life. Uh, kind of, it was, a, you know, like the, the classic training, right? Life drawing, figure drawing, and more life drawing and more figure drawing. And that's how you learn to draw the figure. Um, you know, now I I do that and I have a, a sketchbook that I keep and I just make sketches from life on a regular basis. Um, and I have, you know, a watercolor sketchbook too. So I do watercolors from life on a regular basis. Uh, that is, that's my answer. That uh, <laughs> that was her answer, and that's good enough for me. Um, and do you think with the painting, it's just practice and time and learning new yeah. techniques? And well, here's the thing. Okay, so I'm I'm a, a, a say a, a realist painter or a naturalist painter um, or illustrator. I want to make images that um, are are accurate to life and accurately represent um what i see um that doesn't mean i want to make you know photorealistic images um but i want to make images that you know the viewer sees the the kid sees and um feels a connection to like that character uh or that place and and can imagine coming to life off the page, let's say, mm. you know, can, can see the image and, and, you know, imagine that the tiger running and roaring or the dinosaur, you know, flying away or whatever. Yeah. Um, and th those were the kinds of images that interested me. Um, and, and so as a, uh, say a naturalist painter or realist painter, I, you know, have to know what these things, the subjects, you know, whether it's a landscape or, or an animal or a person, I have to know what they look like. I have to good, have a good internal understanding of, of their structure and color and form and, and, you know, the, the structure of a redwood tree or, mm -hmm. Because you care about how so the light on. is going to hit it and the shadow and yeah, the, the all, shape. Yeah, like all, all of that, that, right? All of that. And um, exactly. So, like, you know, un understanding of the form. And the, say, like, say we're talking about a person. Understanding of the anatomy. And then understanding of um, how light will affect that, that form and the perspective and kind of all of it. Um, and once I feel like I have a good understanding of that um, subject, then it comes time to paint it. I can make informed decisions about how to represent that that character or that subject. Um, so, 
you know, in, in some, sometimes I might decide to paint it more like very realistically. Sometimes it can be more abstracted or, or, um, you know, like more of a caricature. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't typically go down the caricature, um, or route. I, I don't typically exaggerate, um, too much, but, um, that, but that's my you know choice or the, the kind of books I want to make or images I want to make. Yeah. Um, so anyways, to, to draw well, I think, you know, I want to have a good understanding of the subject and then, uh, that, so it starts from that. And then the actual craft of making the image comes down to practice, you know, muscle memory, being able to hold the brush, uh, practice, uh, say understanding which colors are going to get, you know, mixing, which colors are going to get me to the color that I actually want on the page, how water's going to flow or bleed or not bleed in, into, um, other colors on the page. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, that's the craft side of it. Um, and that comes from just experience. Yeah. Right. And let's talk about the business of illustration a bit, because, I know you, so I know you've had this, I don't know if if it's a side hustle or it's been a day job, but while you've been pursuing this children's book career and, you know, having success at every major milestone, you've also been working as a web designer. We've worked together on projects and you're really good at it, uh, at designing and coding and all of that. And I want listeners to understand that you know, someone who has had the success that you've had in this world, you know, still kind of needed to supplement uh, the income and and have kind of multiple streams coming because, you know, certainly I do this with some of my guests and I think listeners can sometimes idealize the lifestyle of, you know, a, a successful artist. So talk to me a little bit about you know, that side of things, how it fit into your, your world as a, as a a career. And now your moment of, of leaving that behind and what that kind of feels like. So I've, when I first moved to New York, I had, um, you know, a job at a children's bookstore, Books of Wonder. And that was really important for me to have that uh, experience, you know, reading children's books uh, every day and, and being around people that um, that loved uh, children's books. And when I was there, I actually moved from the sales floor, you know, selling the books to working on their website, which gave me experience doing web development. Um, and because of that experience, I had a friend who did web development and I started doing design work for him because I knew how to use Photoshop and um, that then he taught me to do more coding and it just kind of naturally evolved from there. Uh, Having uh, a web development uh, source of income allowed me to leave uh, the bookstore and be um, completely independent, be freelance when my publishing income 
uh, you know, wasn't very big. So I, you know, made most of my money, um, doing web development, making small websites for, you know, for individuals and small businesses. And, um, that grew from there and it was, uh, really good for me to have, to be independent, to be able to manage my time. If a, uh, book project came in, an illustration project, you know, I could make the time to do it. I could take, you know, a week off or two weeks or whatever I needed to from the web development um, stuff and devote it to to the artwork. So it was a it was really really good. It was ideal for that reason. Yeah. Um, and as the publishing got you know bigger and and you know I started doing more books and they started selling better. I was able to just gradually scale back the web development and and this year I'm you know hopefully transitioning out of that completely and um so that it, it's really really good um yeah I'm I'm happy about that cuz the publishing is what I really want to do yeah um you know it's it's a little bit scary i mean it's you know i feel like i'm i'm I've had one foot in that world for a while and I've been, you know, as much as I want to get out of it, I've been keeping one foot in that world just in case <laughs> yeah. for for a while. Um, but you know, this year, it, you know, it's time to, to leave that completely, I think. Yeah. And, um, so that feels good. What now, um, in children's publishing, I think most, uh, authors and illustrators, supplement their um you know royalty check with something else uh uh so some teach um and a lot of authors and illustrators do school visits uh so so that's a, another source of income which uh, you do as well you do a lot of I do school yeah visits, I do a lot of school visits and you know talk to a lot of kids and then uh also um I've been invited to speak at uh, conferences like um, librarian conferences and and other um, publishing, children's publishing uh, industry conferences. Yeah. And I've seen some of your talks. It's a mix sometimes about the science behind some of your books. And it's also about the creative process as well, right? And drawing and... Right. So it depends who I'm talking to. But if I'm talking to kids, then I will talk about how I became an artist um, how I do my research, how I make my books. Uh, the talk includes some of the science that's in the books, uh, but it's more geared towards, um, you know, how I make them. We talk about, I talk about revision. I talk a lot about revision actually. Um, and, um, how I make a picture, that kind of stuff. Um, I get to show slides of, the Galapagos and the Grand Canyon and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, awesome. it's a fun presentation. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I like doing it. I like meeting, meeting the kids that read my books. It's, that's really exciting. Uh, if I'm talking to adults, I might talk more about, um, more about, uh, the literacy and science education and, and, you know, if I'm speaking to teachers, maybe that's more pertinent to them. That's great. 
Thanks so much, Jason, for joining the show. It's been awesome talking to you. We obviously talk a lot as friends, but not always get into all the details of your career and your artwork. And you know I'm wishing you tons of success and happiness in the next book to come and the one after that and the one after that. So thanks so much, Jason. (laughs) Thanks, Rob. That was my conversation with Jason Chin. Jason, thank you so much for joining the show. I hope everyone enjoyed the conversation as much as I did having it with Jason. We are good friends, but we rarely talk in this kind of detail about career and work. And it was really so much fun. Be sure to check out Jason's books and his artwork at jasonchin.net. You should definitely think about picking up one of his books for a child in your life, for a birthday, or for the upcoming holidays. And find him on social media. You can find links to Jason's work and his artwork and his social media at makingways.co. And that's where you'll also see the illustration I did of Jason, more of his backstory. And you can also sign up for our newsletter there, connect with us on social media. And if you haven't yet, please consider writing a review on Apple Podcasts. It's such an important way for people to discover the show. Making Ways intro music is by The Sandworms, and we've got some music by Jim Heffernan in the mix, too. Thank you all so much for listening. Thanks for your support. Please keep shouting out to us on Instagram or Twitter or wherever you are, and keep listening to Making Ways. And if you enjoy this podcast, we put a lot into it every week. I put a lot into it every week, and it'd mean a lot if you would think about sharing it with a friend or a colleague or someone you're looking to mentor or make an impact in their lives and inspire them around following a creative career that they're really going to love. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you soon.